CPAC 2020, the event of the year for conservatives. The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C., was there interviewing all the right kind of people. And now, your host, Gail Trotter. Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of Right in DC. I'm so excited to be speaking with new people that I've just met at CPAC and also old friends. So, so excited to be here with Stephen Coughlin. And we're going to talk about his book, Re-Remembering the Misremembered Left, the Left Strategy and Tax Tactics to Transform America. Steve, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So that's a mouthful. That's a lot to take off. And do you think most Americans understand where we are with the left right now. I mean, how is Marxism a thing in 2020? Well, our take on it and the reason it's got that, that title to it is we not only, we think that the way we talk about the left is the way the left allows us to talk about it, which makes us feel all nice about ourselves and we get nowhere. And so we're not only saying that we remember because we've forgotten and what we think we know is misremembered, that we have to, we have to go back and relearn the left the way the left wants it to be and the way they don't want you to ever understand. So how far back do we have to go? Well, I take it back to Hegel because Hegel... Who was Hegel? Hegel was a German philosopher who died around 1832, I believe. But he's very famous uh, in the philosophical world for coming up with something called the dialectic. And what is the dialectic? The dialectic is, is a way of thinking which is very different than a way of thinking if you use reason and analysis. And I think that one of the things that we're pointing out is there's the way Hegel is taught in philosophy courses, but there's the way it was taught in the seminaries. And the way it the was seminaries, oh, and that was different than in the university. Well, it turns out that Hegel formed most of his ideas when he was going to a Pietist Lutheran seminary in Tübingen, Germany. And it was in there that maybe the, the, the theology he was studying wasn't quite Lutheranism. And, but we'll leave that for later. But the point will be there's more to Hegel. It's also, he I came up with the idea that, the, that God is the state bestriding the land. And he also came up with the idea that his vision was always a science. So that if you disagreed with him, you're stupid. That sounds very familiar. I think we're hearing that a lot right now with the left saying anybody who denies their march through all of the institutions and all the control and the power that they want to have, because I keep making this point over and over again that the Democrats' highest power, I mean, highest value is power. And I think we're getting silenced a lot. A lot of conservatives are being silenced by saying that you deny science. So this is not a new idea. No, it goes back to Hegel. As a matter of fact, I want to tell you a word that used to be well known, and it's a Latin word that used to have trade. It's called libido dominendi. Libido dominendi. The drive for power. And, and that's exactly what's behind it. And I think it's very important that what Marx did was he looked at that and said, you know, his idea of history moving forward is great. We're going to get rid of his theosophical views, and we're going to say, we are creating a concept called scientific socialism, and we're going to come up with faux science, and we're going to basically say because it's science, if you disagree with us, we don't have to respect you. Scientific socialism. So we're hearing a lot about democratic socialism. So scientific socialism, that really seems like the moment in time we find ourselves because you have all of this pressure about uh, whether or not you conform to science. And the weirdest thing is the projection that the people who are saying other people don't believe in science, and yet they deny that there are two genders. They deny that a, a fetus is a, a human baby, and yet they're they're pushing this so hard to silence conservatives. 
Well, you know, you hit on something extremely important because what Hegel does, what Marxism does, is what is called create a pseudo-reality, a false reality, and get people to think about it. Now, if you think about it, in the year 1900, 95% of all the institutions academic institutions were Christian and they were writing science and since then what happened is Christians were kicked out of their own institutions and they were replaced by pseudoscience. Well Harvard started out as a divinity school right? Quite a few of them did and here's the interesting thing Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, but um, start out as institutions but what they did with gender for example it is a biological fact that you are either a male or you're a female. You have genetic code, which is like computer code. You can cut it off or tie one on, but when they pull your blood, when you die, 50 years after you're in the ground, you will code as a male or a female. It's like telling a cat, it's like saying you have a cat and you want it to be a dog. So here's the point. They created a false science, a pseudoscience called genderism. The minute they, the government started putting gender on the form instead of sex, because sex is, non-binary. Well, what does that mean? Because it has no scientific meaning. Because if, if, if you're not binary, then, then, then evolution, which is their other main issue, could never roll forward. Right. Uh, logical consistency is not a strength of the left. Well, and here we go back to it. Their science demands enforcement because the same people who say our view of the future, our concept of how the world should be is a scientific fact, also believe that the state is God bestriding the land. And as such, if you disagree with us, you're wrong and we should be able to punish you. You could see the architecture of everything the left does. In the 1830, the, the effort by Hegel and the reinterpretation taking his philosophy and reinterpreting it or maybe cutting off, applying it. And in fact, what becomes very important is the Frankfurt School, which some people may not have heard of, it's a group of Marxists who came over. in Frankfurt, Germany, not Kentucky. Frankfurt, Germany, not Kentucky. Uh, yes, okay. And they came over and what they were interested in doing is saying, we want to put that Hegel stuff back in because it's weird. And we can bring in LGBT issues, gender comes into the from the Hegelian. It's something, I'll throw a, a, a $10 word at you. It's called pre-reflective thought. And, and, and it's all kind of strange. It's on the edge of philosophy and new age stuff. And, and one of the things that turns up from this is new age is exactly 2,000 years old. So not so new. Not new at all. In fact, it's a lot of the old, repackaged to look good. The other There's nothing new under the sun, I take it. You know, I think it says it in some book that's over, over 2,000 years old, yeah. So, so, uh, so I, I want to uh, get people to be able to go get your book and follow you more. Can you tell us where people can find you online? Well, first of all, we're at unconstrainedanalytics.org. That's one word, unconstrainedanalytics.org. And you can go on our webpage and you can download this or read it for free as a PDF. We have it on Kindle because... People said, Steve, it costs us $90 to print it because it's got color graphics and stuff like that in there. So could you just put it on there? But it's turned out to be selling. And That's great. Any author, you know, you go through so much effort to get your ideas into the world and to have people receive them and be able to unmask what is going on. I think that's got to be very gratifying. Well, and you know, this book was written to answer the question. Why is the left terrified of Trump and they don't care about establishment Republicans? And it's an understanding that equation that gets you to understand who the left is and what 
in, in the way we're explaining this book, we use Hegel to explain something called political warfare, which is actually also known as the Maoist insurgency model. And you know, I've former intelligence. And what we did was we said, let's stop analyzing America using DC political language of liberal and going back. Let's analyze this like it was a foreign country. What would we find? And we said, you know what? The language Washington uses to talk about its own issues don't even work anymore. And here we see foreign influence, whether it's from the Middle East or from Soros or from other places imposing language or redefining our language, let's analyze America like it was a foreign country and an analytical intelligence analysis and what do we get? And we get, this is very scary. It sounds very scary and I think drawing from something you said, Trump, it, it, the amount of uh, vitriol directed at President Trump and his supporters is, you know, not T level 10 and styled up to level 1,000. And Mitt Romney was never seen as an existential threat. They destroyed him. They cast him aside. But Trump is a different, he's a different uh, threat to them, I think. He is a total threat because the way we look at it, Trump doesn't understand that he hit the fault line. And, we, you know, our goal is to try to create stuff that shows President Trump, we know what you're doing and you know it's right, but we're going to show you why it's right. Why it's right so it could go really deep. So he knows it in his bones. He's, he's uh, I, I don't even know what is driving him, but he has some sense of it. America understands that all, even the Bible doesn't talk about globalism. The only time it talks about globalism is when they have the Tower of Babel. Right? Right, which did not end well. Nations. So even when you have a one world, it would be one world of many nations. And I think people inherently know that a global world of globalism means you don't have to have your, you don't get to have your own identity. You don't even get to call yourself a woman. Or, uh, you know, something that matters a lot to me are women's sports, participation in sports. And it's kind of crazy that the feminists, uh, the leftist feminists, worked for so long to try and promote women in sports. And now they have been co-opted into this, this effort, I would say, to try and deny science at, their, at the cost of their own involvement in sports, which they acknowledge help women leadership, confidence, all these things. And it's just a disconnect that they would adopt that position given the way that they have promoted sports for so long, which I, I support. I'm, I'm in agreement with how important women's sports are for uh, all these great things that we want for women. And I think it's something worth pursuing. And I, I think one of the things I would say is maybe you always had people get involved in issues and some were really there, but they were always using issues to ground something down. And then once they ground that down with a new thing, here's how it works. You use one thing to attack another, another thing to attack that, and the whole thing is about grounding everything down to nothing. Because all the dialectic does is destroy. And that's, that's what becomes important. But the difference, going back to uh, why are they terrified of Trump, is because once the left gets established Republicans to use their racism, sexism, homophobia issue, they will be what's called a controlled opposition. Meaning, by controlling the language you use to talk about your issue, you will always be doing my work. And they know that the current established Republicans are controlled oppositions. And the reason the never-Trumpers in the Republican Party hate Trump is because he ripped that mask off and exposed them. Did you know that some of them are having their own conference at the, I think, the National Press Club while the president will be speaking at CPAC? I did not know that, but I'm not surprised.
right they're they're mad that their language is not being accepted that they're not I, I i feel like they're more upset that the republicans and president trump are not listening to them than they were mad that the democrats didn't i think they're mad that president trump is not listening to them because america has stopped listening to them and i think that the the, the thing about the 2016 election which, which people lose sight of is in the even with a rigged democratic series of conventions an outsider really ran away with it sanders but he's a marxist and just like uh, just like Marx called himself a socialist until he could say communist, just like Lenin said he called himself a socialist until he called himself a communist, and they all called themselves social democrats. Okay, we need to understand that that is just the what what is said until they can come out and say communist. But on the other side, Trump, when Trump went into those primaries, he ran through those Republicans like a through a goose. Do you know what I'm <laughs> yes, saying? Yes. He ran through them, and he, they blamed him. But really what they have to understand is the American people were looking for real. They got real with Sanders and the Democrats are exposed. The established Republican but the, but the established Republicans are angry because he exposed them. He is running on those issues and he's doing them or he's being subverted by them. And what's happening is the more people see that, the more they're rejecting them because they're understanding that the controlled opposition, here's how it works with political war. Yes. I cannot, I, cannot, I cannot disenfranchise the American base as a leftist unless I get you Republicans to demoralize them by winning elections over a 40-year period on issues they want and knowing you have no intention of passing them. They like not even going to the pro-life march the Republican presidents, Reagan, Bush, they didn't go to the pro-life march and speak at it, I, I, apart from the policy, just even giving the rhetorical support. Well, they couldn't get their hands dirty with their base. Well, you see, everything you want to say about everybody's concern about Trump, he's not trying to wash his hands of anybody. And so people know real when they see it, and they're going to forgive a lot. My concern with established Republicans is, I just don't think they understand that they have been decisively defeated. And even if they undermine Trump, they're never coming back. Well, my final question... Hold it forward. I'm sorry. My final question for you is, are you optimistic about the American project and the future that we have before us, or are you pessimistic about it? I'm both. I'm both because I wrote the book on how the left rolls, and I want to get people to understand it. And it's a headache. It's a real headache. Okay, but once you get it, all of a sudden everything becomes real crystal, crystal clear. And so, for example, a follow-on piece on this is called Warning on Racism. And it's about explaining how racism is a relentlessly efficient uh, Marxist narrative. And to separate the civil rights movement use of the word racism from the way it's used today and understand that's what it is. And once you understand it, you can attack it. You can attack it and you can attack them and roll them up on it. But you have to, it's like, it's like the special operations crowd. They can decide there's 15 different targets. I have a special operations friend right in front of us. Okay. But you have to pick the target you're going to pick and you have to attack it and you have to take it down. And that means you have to know all, everything about it. Now I'm not talking about kinetic attacks, of course, I'm talking about political attacks. But, Intellectual, so, political, yeah. Yes, but it's understanding your target set and then allocating resources to go right, after okay. it. Not the way they want you to respond, but the way that's hurting them. And Trump doesn't quite know he's throwing stuff at the target and they kept getting hit. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. This was just a quick introduction to this. I hope people will go to your website and download this, buy it, 
read it on Kindle, however they want to consume it, because it really is power that they and, and exposure of something that they might not understand. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. You take care. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also, follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show.